Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lost Boys Podcast, Pixie Dust Edition. I am your host, Josh Martin, and today we're going to be talking about the Magic Kingdom. Now, before we start, um, this is a spinoff of what me and Jake Morocco do um, every Wednesday. It releases every Wednesday on Spotify at the moment. It'll be later available on Apple Podcasts and anywhere that you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at the LB Pod. So, really, we're, we're going to be solely talking about the Magic Kingdom today. Um, I'm going to talk to you about my favorite rides, uh, what you can do um, other than my favorite rides, obviously, as far as attractions go. The best places that I believe that um, you can dine and uh, the best ways to get there and where to stay if your vacation is kind of centric around just going to the Magic Kingdom. Now, a lot of people make the assumption, well, I should say this. The peop- some of the people that don't go to Disney World all the time. Unlike me, I've been 50 times in my life. Some people just think that, you know, the Magic Kingdom is all of Disney World. And that is an okay assumption to make, seeing how it is literally just the icon of Disney World. Cinderella's Castle, um, where all the beautiful fireworks are behind the castles, probably pictures that you've seen online, everything happens kind of through the Magic Kingdom in a way. Everybody goes there at least one time, maybe two, on their trips. Um, I know I make it a priority to beat on the first day, the first park that we go to. Um, So, you know, it's a very important park. It's a very important piece of Disney in general. And Another thing that I'll say is, you know, it's probably the most family-friendly. A lot of the places in the park are geared towards just family time and letting your imagination run wild. So, without further ado, I'm going to start at resorts and transportation. Um, The resorts and transportation that are around Disney World... Um, include the Contemporary Resort, the Polynesian Resort, the Grand Floridian Resort, and um, the Wilderness Lodge Resort, uh, as far as higher-end hotel stays go. They are immediately around the lagoon that is in front of the Magic Kingdom before you walk in, Um, And there is monorail service directly to the Magic Kingdom from these places, oh, I should say, only to the Contemporary Grand Floridian and um, Polynesian with boat service to all three of those and Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness, which is a campground. Um, You know, in further Pixie Dust episodes, I'm going to give you a piece of each of these places. So... Whenever we want to talk about the Wilderness Lodge or Fort Wilderness or the Contemporary and so on and so forth, um, you'll get a lot more info in those specific uh, Pixie Dust episodes. So make sure you check in or vote on Twitter when those polls go up. If you want to hear more about those resorts, um, we will absolutely get into that for you. Um, But just know that 
if you want a centric stay at a little higher value than normal, um, you know, those five different places that I just mentioned are the closest place of interest for ease of access to the Magic Kingdom. Um, other than that, uh, I would recommend staying most likely in the Epcot, Epcot Resort area, um, which uh, includes uh, Yacht and Beach Club, the Boardwalk, um, and the Swan and Dolphin, which aren't really Disney resorts, but they're on Disney property. They're owned by um, other private companies. So, those are just the fastest bus, buses in general. And if you're staying in an Epcot resort, the monorail, um, which is a train, a singular, you know, train that runs from the Magic Kingdom to all the three resorts around the Magic Kingdom to Epcot through the Ticket and Transportation Center. Um, so you would have to go from Epcot to the Ticket and Transportation Center. It's just a hop on, hop off. It's very easy. Um, and then you just go around the, the lagoon to the Magic Kingdom uh, when you get to that area. Um, it's only about like a 15 to 20 minute ride if you choose to take that route. But if you were staying in the lagoon, you know, on the contemporary Polynesian and Grand Floridian, you can take a boat, you could take a monorail, and it's literally, I mean, obviously there's a couple of stops, but it's maybe a 10 to 15 minute process um, from the Grand Floridian, maybe a 20 minute process from the Polynesian, 30 minute process from the contemporary, because, you know, going backwards, those are the stops. Um, so yeah, uh, those are the easiest places to stay uh, if you are trying to just make a centric Magic Kingdom you know, time. Maybe you're going for a quick weekend and you know you want to get to the Magic Kingdom and you want a resort to maximize your time and not be you know, going crazy driving almost 45 minutes <laughs> through Disney World from one end to the other with stops. Um, so, I mean, it's just a small tidbit of information. It's very, it's nothing crazy. So to get in the actual park, you're going to need a standard theme park ticket, a park hopper ticket, or an annual pass ticket um, to get you in. So the standard theme park ticket, which is honestly the only option that is up right now to buy because of the whole coronavirus pandemic, um, the standard theme park ticket is um, one theme park per day uh, without hopping park to park. That's $120 a day. So it's not cheap to go to Disney World. But what I will say is if you're, if you're going seven days, you know, and you're spending $900, I would seriously look into buying annual passes. And... That's the way my family has done it for a long time. Uh, annual passes allow you to park hop whenever you want. Annual passes allow you to go any time of the year. Um, starting with blackout dates, you can get premium annual passes and all that junk for more. But the standard uh, annual pass will allow you to go you know, a lot of the year. Um, 
just not around major holidays like Fourth of July and such because it's really, really busy um, during that time. Celebrations are huge in the Magic Kingdom and around Disney World. Um, so those are about $1,600. So honestly, if you're a person that maybe goes to Disney once every 10 years, maybe the stamp the, the standard theme park ticket is just for you. You want to enjoy your whole day at that park, no problems. You know, you're not worrying about skipping around and this and that. We'll get into that in another episode. I'll talk about tickets, probably, you know, 20 to 30 minutes on tickets. But honestly, that's that. Um, but let's get into entering the park in general. The first thing that you're going to see uh, is the railroad right in front of you, uh, which was... Uh, decommissioned for a while because they were redoing it. Um, I believe that it is still decommissioned. Um, there is a railway that goes around the entire park making stops at the entrance. Uh, Frontierland, previously Fantasyland, um, and back to the entrance. Uh, you know, that is decommissioned because they're building a, a giant new ride and they extended Fantasyland um, quite a bit. The old train station in Fantasyland still exists um, and people were using it before Tron was starting to be built. Um, we'll get into Tron a little bit later when I'm talking about Tomorrowland. Uh, but the first thing you're going to see is that train station. It's kind of a marquee to all things Disney. You walk into a train station or a type of, or underneath a train station in almost every single park, I think besides Paris, which is kind of interesting. Um, then it kind of just opens up and you're in a whole new world. And honestly, this is where you see a lot of the pictures that are online. You open up to Main Street USA. Now, Main Street USA is kind of, uh, you know, the, the initial start to, to everything. And obviously, I'm just going to throw it out there. They get you going in and out of the park um, as far as shopping goes. It is a lot of Disney shopping. Uh, there's two uh, large buildings uh, that are connected called the Emporium, uh, where there's a lot of Disney products that, one, you might not get online, uh, and two, park-specific products. So Main Street USA is kind of like, you're, you're here. Why not <laughs> remember it by buying something type area, um, to, put it, to put it lightly. But it is beautiful, nonetheless. Every, everything that Disney is, is, is beautiful. You know, it, it's eye-catching. You know, it's old-style buildings, uh, old-style, like, you know, there's an ice cream shop on Main Street USA that looks like it's straight out of the 60s or 70s or maybe even earlier, glass windows with gold writing. You know, it it's very fine, fine detail. So it's nothing to laugh at uh, aesthetically, you know, but that's what Main Street USA is. It's to grab your attention. But Main Street goes to something very important, and that's Cinderella's Castle. Cinderella's Castle is the picturesque castle that, you know, has all the fireworks, has all, uh, or you can see all the fireworks from behind it. Um, it's just the pictures that everybody sees everywhere when you go to Disney. You, people stand in the middle of Main Street USA 
to just take a picture of them in the castle or just the castle and put a filter on it. You know, it's just so, so beautiful. It is one of my favorite places in the world to just stand there and appreciate, you know, that you're living <laughs> to quite, to put it quite frankly. Um, so to give you a little bit of info on the castle, named after the iconic princess Cinderella uh, and where she lives. Um, it was open uh, on October 1st, 1971 when Disney World opened. It was notably themed after, oh, I'm going to butcher this one, Luz Wanstein Castle in Bravia. It's probably really butchered, but nonetheless, um, it also took inspirations from the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Um, and Obviously, because Disneyland was built before Disneyland in California, I should say, it took after the Sleeping Beauty castle. Now, when you're at the at the castle, at Cinderella's castle, there a lot of people just stand around. They stand around and just look and appreciate. Um, but also, it's a place um, where a lot of activity happens, and there's a, a stage at the foot. Of the castle if you didn't know that um, they have a couple of different plays that go on uh, I think I believe it's like an hour increment every day could be a lot more than that I, I need to fact check that one I'm gonna be totally honest um, but there are things that happen every day small firework live-action plays and the castle also features a uh, bibbity boppity boutique for all the young uh, kids out there, and a restaurant called Cinderella's Royal Table. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say, just to kind of throw fireworks into this mix, is a lot of people wait a long, long time to get a place to sit for fireworks. I highly recommend uh, staying around this area. There is a oval uh, that kind of loops around a cul-de-sac right at the end of Main Street. Um, I'd stay around this area uh, as much as you can to see the fireworks because it will be your best view to see everything. The castle is also uh, projected upon at night when these fireworks happen. Uh, and there's speakers all around this area. So if you're in the middle of Main Street, you'll be able to hear all the sounds because they pump music in all night during the fireworks. But if you're back at the train station or if you're kind of leaking into Adventureland or leaking into Tomorrowland, you're going to be obstructed. So that's just one thing to keep in mind about fireworks at night at the Magic Kingdom. So that oval at the end of Main Street is definitely the place to be. Uh, for all things going on with the castle. Now, I also want to talk about um, the different parts of the park. Um, the castle, you can walk underneath it, going on the sides. Um, it opens up, that part opens up into Fantasyland. Obviously, the vision of going from Main Street USA through the castle and into Fantasy, you know. Um, you know, it's purposely built that way to for you to just feel like you're a kid. Um, so Fantasyland is directly behind the castle. Uh, then you have Liberty Square, which is to the immediate left 
Uh, you can go from Fantasyland to Liberty Square through the back pathways and everything else. Um, and also on the left is Adventureland, um, which includes, again, a lot of rides, a lot of uh, dining options as well. Uh, Frontierland, which is more so attractions. Um, the only dining spot there is Pecos Bill Tall Tale Inn, um, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And um, the last part of the park, or I should say there's two. There's technically two parts of the park that are on the right side. Um, the largest being Tomorrowland and the top half being Mickey's Toontown Fair. So the only reason why I don't say Mickey's Toontown Fair because it's technically part of Fantasyland. Um, but it's way, way, way in the back right corner. Um, honestly, really underappreciated in my opinion. Yes, it's for kids. Uh, and that's okay, but definitely underappreciated even by families because I think it's in an area that's kind of hidden um, and just not known about uh, unless you're, you know, really looking at the map. But it's not even labeled on the map either. <laughs> so it only says it's a part of Fantasyland. So if you're not looking for it, you know, it's, it's, it's a hidden place. So I'm going to be totally honest. I'm going to start with the biggest part, um, and that's going to be... Fantasyland. Fantasyland is home to um, the probably the most renowned ride in Disney. And it's a small world. It also uh, features a Winnie the Pooh ride, uh, a roller coaster called the Seven Dwarves Mine Train, uh, Mickey's Barnstormer, which is in the Toontown area. Um, a Little Mermaid Under the Sea Journey, uh, Peter Pan's Flight, which is literally just like you're sitting in a seat uh, and you're flying like over over London and into Neverland. It's kind of an aerial view of animatronics and stuff underneath, um, like you're flying. Uh, Mickey's Magic and uh, the Prince Charming Regal Carousel. Fun fact about the carousel, that was built... Uh, specifically by Walt Disney to portray his love for his family. Uh, he loved carousels growing up and always brought his uh, kids to carousels. Um, so it's a big part, just a fun fact, uh, of the park. Even though people may not ride it now like they did you know, when the park opened, um, it, it's a big feature for true Disney fans. Um, so that's just a little bit about Fantasyland. Frontierland, I'll hop right into because that's in the farthermost left. Um, that includes Splash Mountain, which um, is a part of a little bit of a controversy right now uh, because the ride includes the Song of the South. Uh, I don't want to get political on it, uh, but you know it'll be shutting down pretty soon, going through renovations. Uh, and it will be themed after Princess and the Frog. Um, even though, you know, without getting political, I do love the music. Uh, I love the music, not so much for its meaning, but it, it does seem fun. Um, so, you know, without, you know, breaking that chain, uh, it, it is a nice ride. It, it's a beautiful ride. You do get wet a little bit. You know, you go down... Uh, I think it's like a 40-foot hill, and you splash down into water. It's one of the, hence the name Splash Mountain. But that ride will be 
uh, going through some change, and it is what it is on your opinion. So we'll leave it at that. Um, then there's Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, um, and, and here's something I should bring up. There's three major rides in, or there was, uh, not including Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. That's now one of the premier roller coasters. The premier rides that were associated to the Magic Kingdom are Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and Space Mountain, which is in Tomorrowland. Uh, those are the kind of the three iconic, um, you know, parts of the park for for rides. Uh, people always are saying like, "Oh, you're gonna go on the big three? Well, those are the big three. Um, that's gonna change dramatically uh, in the coming years, though, and we'll get into that too uh, in a couple minutes. Um, so, back to Frontierland, you also have Tom Sawyer Island, uh, the Country Bear Jamboree, which will be closing. Uh, I, I think that's a really funny uh, old comedy skit with uh, bear animatronic, animatronics. But, unfortunately, it's just one of those things that uh, kind of ran the course of time. The animatronics are really starting to wear down, and they constantly need to fix it. So, it's sad to see it go, but... Hopefully they put something in there that's uh, really meaningful because Country Bear Jamboree was a good time. Uh, and that's it in Frontierland. Uh, going down to Adventureland, uh, that's, that big attraction is Pirates of the Car uh, Caribbean. And I'm going to say it now, it is my most overrated ride in the park. Uh, even though I love it, I, I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Obviously, the um, inspiration for the movies which is kind of funny, usually, you know, obviously there's books and stuff of the Pirates of the Caribbean, that's the only way you get the stories, but really it is based off of the rides. The The first movie was literally taken um, from from the ride, and uh, all, all the things that the movie, like, or in the, in the ride have in common uh, are very similar. So if you ride that ride, make sure that, you know, you're ready to watch Pirates of the Caribbean and find out what's similar and what's not. Um, to keep going in Adventureland, there's the Enchanted Tiki Room, which if you hadn't heard of that song before, uh, <laughs> again, I like it, but it's probably the most annoying to get stuck in your head. It's like Tiki 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 Room in the Tiki Tiki, you know, it's, oh man, it's just so repetitive and uh, it is funny, but <laughs> nonetheless um it it's a good time it's a good time you kind of stand around and watch the birds sing it's a, it's a ride based off birds so if you have a bird fear don't go in there <laughs> animatronics um not real birds obviously um to keep going in adventureland there's jungle cruise uh the flying magic carpets of aladdin uh and the swiss uh swiss family treehouse um let's roll over to Liberty Square, which was Walt Disney's kind of take on American history. Uh, what is there for attractions is the Hall of Pre Presidents, uh, the Liberty Square Riverboat, which is a giant riverboat that kind of just does a big circle around um, Tom Sawyer Island in Frontierland, um, and the Haunted Mansion. So another big attraction in Disney um, a Disney staple. I believe there is a different Haunted Mansion in every single Disneyland. Uh, and obviously there's one in Disney World. Um, and it's basically a different take on the culture uh, in each park. So uh, I think I talked a little bit about that in the podcast on Wednesday. Um, 
so yeah, that's what's in Liberty Square. Uh, and my favorite part of the park is Tomorrowland. Uh, Tomorrowland has uh, Tomorrowland Speedway, which is kind of a fun little take on a racetrack. Um, you're in a car that, you know, runs on a, on a track. You can still steer freely to a point. Like, you can't, you know, <laughs> bump cars and stuff that are side to side. You can't bump cars that are uh, in front of you. Um, because if they stop, they stop. And if you don't stop, you're hitting them. <laughs> but, you know, it's a fun little racetrack. Um, I believe... I want to say this was closed for a little bit as well while they built Tron because they're bringing in all the steel and stuff for Tron. Um, so now that we're in Tomorrowland, um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about Tron, I guess now. Tron is a um, Chinese roller coaster. Uh, it is in Shanghai, Disneyland. It was opened in 2016, a very popular ride. Um, it's currently under construction, uh, planning to be open by 2021. Uh, and it is a huge, fast, uh, contemporary, modern design. Uh, it's going to be one of the best rides probably in Disney World. Um, and maybe, I mean, it is one of the best rides in the Disney kind of park system in Shanghai. It has some of the highest wait times for people to get on. Uh, and it's very exciting that it's coming to what is, you know, the, the Tomorrowland kind of MO is that it's the future. So rides that incorporate the future, themes that incorporate the future, for the future, time travel, uh, space, uh, and, and things like that. So it is very cool to see something big like that coming to such a great park. Probably the best park in Disney World in general. Because it really doesn't have a lot of roller coasters. Um, you know, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is the other big roller coaster. And I guess if you're not a roller coaster rider, you can consider um, Big Thunder Mountain to be a roller coaster. But I, it is kind of slow um, and... It's not, it's not crazy, you know, it's not, it's not a crazy roller coaster like you would see at Six Flags or Bush Gardens, but Tron is, uh, Tron is absolutely that big track, fast launch, um, corkscrews, um, type ride. Well, not full corkscrews, I should say half turns, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be awesome. So to sum up the rest of Tomorrowland, um, we have the Astro Orbiter, uh, Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, which I am going to wear my People Mover hat every single podcast. So if we start vlogging, you're going to be able to see that. It's probably my favorite thing because you can just <laughs> roam around Tomorrowland on a track above everybody, people watching. Uh, and <laughs> call it what you want. I love the people watch. Um, we also have the World's Fair, uh, noted uh, Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, where you're going through the progress of time. Uh, it's kind of a musical of some sorts, um, and it's a nice little change of pace when you want to hop in an AC because it's hot in Florida. Um, then you have Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, kind of a arcade-type style uh, ride that I'll talk about in a little bit. And Monsters, Inc. 
laugh floor, um, which is um, kind of like an interactive uh, virtual play with Mike Wazowski. Um, and it's just live comedy. They basically have somebody talking as Mike Wazowski the whole time, and it's cool. It's a cool little jingle. Uh, with that said, that's kind of everything as far as attractions go in the park uh, in general. So I'm going to give you my top five that, one, you should probably get Fast Passes for. Uh, and again, I'll have a pixie dust on fast, fast passes for anybody that doesn't know what that is. But it's basically an express line that you don't have to wait in the queue, the, the timed queue, uh, to get on the ride for. Uh, it's just, hey, I got a, I got a ticket. Uh, let me go uh, get on this ride in like five minutes instead of an hour, <laughs> an hour wait. So I'm going to give you my top five favorite rides. And... I had to think about this for like a week and a half because I left Pirates of the Caribbean off there almost all week. <laughs> but I, I corrected myself and Pirates of the Caribbean is, is number five just because of how iconic it is. And I just, I, I personally do think it's a little overrated because it's a shorter ride and you're kind of just staring at stuff, uh, the animatronics and listening to the music. I, I'm a personal thriller type guy. I wasn't that way when I was younger. But what I'll say is, um, is that's not it. Uh, it's not a thrill ride. It's got one little bunny hill <laughs> that kind of catches you off guard. But other than that, it's a very calm ride. And sometimes for like the hour and a half wait that Pirates of the Caribbean has, it's not quite worth it to me. But it is so iconic. And, uh, you know, it, it's a... It's a theme for a whole movie. <laughs> so I have to put it at number five. Uh, number four is Splash Mountain. Again, uh, this ride is going to change. And who knows what it's going to actually look like when it's all said and done. There's a lot of um, concepts online. I, I believe the original concept came from a fan. Like it was fan art on Twitter. And it got so much headway um, to change uh, because, you know, obviously what we're going through in this country right now with culture and um, civil rights, uh, there needs to be a little bit of a change to the ride because of the music. Um, you know, it's my number four. I, I mean, I still loved it regardless. It's fun. Um, but, you know, we just don't know what it's going to look like. But... Nonetheless, it's my number four, and I still think that it's worth the time uh, time of day. And it probably will be after The Princess and the Frog is incorporated to it. Um, my number three, which people are totally going to disagree with me as well, uh, is It's a Small World. Another iconic ride. Um, I almost learn something new every single time I go on that ride. Whether it's a piece of language... Or just something that I didn't see the last time. It's never really a long wait. Um, sometimes it can get up to like 40 minutes or so. You don't need a fast pass for it. Um, you kind of just make the time for it. I'm going to be totally honest. It's a short boat ride through. Which I guess kind of, again, uh, goes against my Pirates of the Caribbean thing. But I just think it's so interesting that every single time I notice something different. To me, that means a lot 
because there's just so much that you have to take in. There's just so much. Um, culture, language, um, and just how you treat people, I guess. The, the, the theme of uh, everyone being together. It's just a great ride. It's a great ride. Um, going down to number two, uh, it's a Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Now, I will say you have to get a Fast Pass if you can get one. Uh, if you're traveling with small kids uh, that can't ride this ride, I highly recommend you getting a Rider Switch Pass and still going on it, uh, taking turns. What a Rider Switch Pass allows you to do is to uh, go on the ride, say, with your mother, if you know the child's grandmother, or your, your sister, the child's aunt, uh, and leave it behind, leave, leave your kid, leave it. <laughs> I just called the kid it, that's so bad. Um, leave <laughs> the kid behind uh, with, say, your husband, and you two go on the ride, and then you guys come out, and you and your, you and your husband can go on the ride and enjoy it together. Uh, that's what a rider switch pass allows you to do if you have young kids. Um, and it's, it's a cool way to kind of fast pass through things because, you know, you don't want to leave your kid alone long, but... Disney still wants to get you on rides. Um, so they've been changing that a little bit where they give you a time to come back. It used to be, here's your ticket, um, come back in an hour and you know, you'll know you be on and off twice. Um, but they're starting to change a lot of the stuff to virtual queues in, in Disney uh, for COVID-19 reasons, um, just so people aren't congregating and things like that. But a uh, great ride to get a fast pass on. Uh, it's um, seven seven dwarfs, so it's Snow White themed. Uh, you hear all the songs through the roller coaster. It's kind of cool, you know. Hi ho, hi ho, and you're climbing up a hill. You know, it's fun. The coaster actually rocks back and forth like you're in a barrel. Uh, you know, through the entire the entire ride. It's it's a really it's just a really cool ride. Um, it's different. I think it's the first roller coaster to incorporate something like that, where it is moving. The the actual um, carriage is move like swaying, like purposefully swaying, while the tr the the train track is is moved, pushing the car. Um, I, I am pretty sure that is a fact. <laughs> so anyway, it's a cool ride. Um, the animatronics are great. They're brand new, very smooth looking. It looks like you're looking at like a real life character uh, right in front of you. Uh, so it's just it's it's just really cool. Uh, and my number one ride in the Magic Kingdom is Space Mountain. Uh, now, with all these top five said, I think this is going to change when Tron comes out. I know I've been saying Tron, 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 but it's going to be sick. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, Space Mountain is my number one. And Space Mountain is my number one for a lot of reasons. Um, yes, the, the line queues are long. Uh, but I will say that it's worth it. You are in a single seat, uh, three row uh, roller coaster, uh, basically on a single track. Um, you are in complete darkness complete darkness you can kind of see stars twinkling like you're literally in 
you know, the vacuum of space. You can kind of see stars off in the distance, but it's darkness. And you're just flying through uh, on this roller coaster. I will say, I don't know how, like, Brooke Lopez, who is an avid, 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 avid Disney fan, an NBA basketball player who's probably, like, 6'10", 6'11", uh, rides this ride because I feel like my head's going to get chopped off every time at six foot four. <laughs> like the tracks are really compressed and you're like flying through and I'm like ducking half the time, but it's still, it's still so fun. And the cool thing about Space Mountain 2 is it's themed uh, during certain times of the year. So I'm a sucker for that. I'm, I'm really a sucker for Disney um, theming stuff like during Christmas, during 4th of July. Uh, like during Christmas, uh, there was... Um, like uh, green and red strobe lights playing like loud, like kind of techno style Christmas music. You can see all the tracks, which is kind of crazy, <laughs> um, but it's just lit up and it's really like Christmassy, but you're like going so fast that it's like, Oh my God. Like, you know, <laughs> so like they have the ability to kind of customize your experience different times of the year on Space Mountain. Uh, definitely, a, again, a ride to get fast passes for. Uh, definitely a ride to get a rider switch for if you have a young kid. Um, and that is about it for my top five. Space Mountain's number one. Uh, some honorable mentions. Uh, the Hall of Presidents, which <laughs> some people sleep through. I love it. It is animatronics, um, real voices of current presidents. They tried to get the recordings of uh, all the presidents correct when they start talking. Every single president is included in the Hall of Presidents. So you literally hear bits and pieces from every single one. And it's just a, a pure history 22-minute um, ride. It's, it's literally 22 minutes long. It's more like a show. Um, there's movies involved. Um, it, it's just, I, I love it. It's, it's a cool, it's a cool set on uh, American history. So that's an honorable mention. Thunder Mountain is an honorable mention. Obviously it's one of the big three mountains. You know, like I said, again, um, it's honorable mention in the sense of you got to do it. You don't necessarily need a fast pass for it, uh, on off times of the year. I should say on peak times, you would definitely need a fast pass, but you know, it's slower. Um, a little shorter it's quick it's maybe a minute long um but it but it gets you a, a quick adrenaline rush uh, another honorable mention actually i got a couple <laughs> i love it all it's so hard to pick but uh buzz lightyear space ranger spin uh that's in tomorrowland you're basically on a on a little laser gun it's basically like laser tag uh, it's a laser obstacle course basically you're not like you're sitting in a seat you're sitting in like a little car but you're blasting all the little zerg symbols that are uh in each scene of the ride there's different like types of scenes throughout the ride and you're literally trying to hit the targets and you gain scores and your your score is building up against the person that's sitting next to you um it's a it's a really cool take on uh buzz and toy story and it's a little competitive like me and my dad always you know we're like yeah we're sitting together yeah we're gonna we're gonna be each other <laughs> so it's a it's a cool take on the little competition in disney um 
Haunted Mansion, obviously, is an honorable mention. I have a ghost that I've gotten 90% of the time at the end of the ride. They put you through this little, like, uh, mirror simulator projector that, you know, you and the person that's sitting next to you, there's a ghost in between you at the end of the ride. I've gotten this ghost literally 90% of the time, and we even named him George. <laughs> so it's like, hey, we got George again. Hey, George, you know, how you doing? Um, it's just kind of funny. It's a fun little, little ride, um, takes on ghosts and, you know, the afterlife and, and stuff like that. Uh, pretty cool. It's a, it's a pretty cool ride. And just Tomorrowland Speedway, which I talked about before. Um, that's just an honorable mention because I think it's every kid, little kid's dream to drive a car, you know, and I was definitely that way growing up. I probably haven't been on this ride in, in five or six years now I'm 27 so you know it's it as an adult it kind of dwindles on you but you know it's always something I'll look back on and probably do again at some point especially when I have kids so that was kind of the fun part now you know you start to get hungry right you you, you gotta love the Disney food um, so I'm gonna give you my top five dining experiences in the Magic Kingdom as well um, the first one being Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe, which is in Tomorrowland. Um, you know, I'm in Tomorrowland constantly. Uh, I'm, I love that part of the park. So, you know, I found a love for Cosmic Ray's. It's, you know, it's American style food. Uh, it's quick service. So, you know, it's, there's no true themes to it. It's kind of like just, you're in like a space bar. Um, and you take it out <laughs> or sit down on like a normal table. Nobody's waiting you or anything, but you can mobile order it. And while you're about to get off a ride and you're walking to it, you can start your food. Um, it's American style stuff, burgers, fries. Um, but you know, if you like that kind of stuff and it's quick service, if you have no expectations, it's great. And they have a great lemonade, a strawberry lemonade that's there. It's frozen and it's kind of like a nice little uh, thirst quencher uh, in that hot heat of Florida. Um, number four, I'd say, is Be Our Guest. So this there's kind of like two castles in Disney World. One's very, very small, <laughs> and one's very, very big. But the second castle is Snow White uh, in the back in Fantasyland. Uh, Snow White's castle... Um, is featured in Fantasyland, and that is the home to the Be Our Guest dining experience. I, I put this at number four, not because I generally like the food. Um, it's good. It's good. Not great. It's good. But Be Our Guest is so immersive. Um, you literally look like and feel like you are in Snow White's ballroom uh eating you know you see the the open windows uh obviously it's uh dark outside technically in the windows and you see the rose uh encased in glass and the petal falls once in a while um and there's different rooms in the castle like it's just a really cool experience it's very high priced uh, I think be, probably because of the experience, but you know, it's a little better food steaks. Um, you know, you can get some sort of seafood. I'm sure there, I don't eat seafood. 
Um, my wife does, but uh, you can probably get a nice salmon there. Um, you know, it's kind of elegant. So not a place that you would take young kids, I'd say. Not Maybe not until they can appreciate it. Um, but it is well enough to be on my top five. Uh, <laughs> funny one for number three. Number three dining experience is going to be Main Street Bakery. And to put it quite frankly, uh, Disney can be early mornings. Um, you know, for me, 8 o'clock being up and being in a park already <laughs> is an early morning. I need my Starbucks. And that's what Main Street Bakery is. And it's kind of cliche, like, to put it at number three. But I'll tell you what. I mean, Joffrey's is good, too, if you like Joffrey's coffee. But Starbucks is a blessing in disguise to be in Disney World. And they have their own takes on different types of Disney sweets and, and Disney uh, pastries. So everything's Disney-themed in the Starbucks. It's not so much commercial. Um, and you're ordering your Starbucks coffee in the morning. I, I honestly just believe that it's a blessing in disguise in Disney World. And call it what you want. Say you won't go there, uh, but you'll find yourself there one trip, I'll tell you, because it's just worth it. Starbucks coffee is great. So this is not a free ad, but it's more of a realization, um, and it's a blessing. And there's not a ton of places to get morning uh, stuff in Magic Kingdom. So it's very important. That's all. And that's why it's number three. Uh, number two is Liberty Tree Tavern. Uh, now, they changed this restaurant a little bit from when I grew up. Uh, going as much as I did, this was almost a, a staple every single time uh, that we were there. It's a family-style service. So what happens is you have a pickings. You know, you can pick what you want on the platter. They have a, a short list, and they bring it out to you um, on, a, on a big old platter with refills it's not a buffet you don't go up and get it yourself they they serve you right at the table and you get your pickings um it changed a little bit probably in the mid 2000s and we stopped going there because it just seemed like stuff was changing a little bit but the old liberty tree tavern was definitely somewhere to be for sure um and you know i haven't gone back since then since the first time that we had a bad experience, but I would be very willing. I always kind of keep it on my side eye of my itinerary, you know, um, to go. I'm willing to go back there for sure. So it's still worth a number two shot because, there's, again, there's not a lot besides quick service in the Magic Kingdom. So as far as sit down, that is a great place. But the best and, and the best sit down and the best place that I feel is the Crystal Palace. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, uh, this is a buffet. It's a buffet-style service, um, and it has a character theme, and the character theme is Winnie the Pooh. Um, I especially love it for breakfast. Um, it kind of ties into my morning love for watching Winnie the Pooh, I guess you could say. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you turn on Disney and Winnie the Pooh, Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear, it was on. You know, and, um, you know, he's just, the characters walk around. There's Pooh, Eeyore, Tigger, uh, Piglet. You know, they're all there. 
and it's a, just a nice atmosphere. You know, it's not like uh, a crazy, crazy place to be in the morning. You know, it it's just a nice little pace, uh, and you can just eat whatever you want, how much you want. Uh, kind of midway expensive, not a top tier uh, as far as um, dollar cost, but it is up there for some people. Um, but affordable nonetheless, if you only pick one place to go to sit down, I would definitely say Crystal Palace is your place. And as far as like the quick services go, you know, I mentioned Cosmic Rays being my number five in Tomorrowland, but uh, an honorable mention in Frontierland is Pecosville uh, Taken um, take Cafe. Um, it's a Mexican quick service. So I've, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Mexican. So, you know, I'll get quesadilla or taco salad or just tacos. There's like a full service bar. Now with COVID, if you're going during COVID time, you know, within the next couple months, these things aren't open. Just so you know, these things are not open. Uh, the buffets are not open. Uh, so just something to, to remember, but I'm a killer. I'm a sucker for Mexican. So it's definitely a good one for me. Um, besides all that, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say besides that Magic Kingdom is kind of just where you feel the most magic happening. Um, there's also what is called Club 33, now at Magic Kingdom. I am not part of Club 33 because it's about $25,000 uh, for initiation and $20,000 a year <laughs> to be a part of it, but it's basically a secret passageway um, that leads into an exclusive area for these members. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's at the entrance of Tomorrow uh, Adventureland. That's supposed to be a secret, but it's not. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's, it is the most magical place in Disney World. And as much as people love going to places like Hollywood Studios to see some of their favorite movies kind of come alive and things like that, you do see that in, in Magic Kingdom as well. But it's just, you, you feel like every time you walk into a certain part of the park, you just get hit with a different form of magic. You know, you're walking into Adventureland, you feel like you're going through the jungle, you're going through the Amazon, like... You know, just that feeling. You're in the Caribbean, uh, Frontierland, you're in the Wild West, you know, Fantasyland. You're just living in the Snow Whites, the, the Winnie the Poohs. You're just, you know, you just feel so different in each part of the park. And, and that's what makes it so special. Um, I mean, that's about it. Uh, besides the fireworks, like I talked about before that's a great way to end your night maybe a little ice cream on the on the right corner of main street at the at the ice cream parlor um but it, it is such a magical place uh that's evolving and is only going to get better um i think they're doing a great job of expanding magic kingdom as a park with tron with the new addition to Fantasyland. um there's just, there's more and more to do now, and there's going to be more and more to do now um, for the most iconic park, 
probably in the Disney Parks franchise. So, I hope I hit everything. I mean, this was the first Pixie Dust episode, um, and I don't want to go too far into like crazy specifics of fast passes yet. You know, I'll give the lowdown um, about that. You know, you can always go to wdwinfo.com. I mean, that's a little bit of a shout out. That's okay. Um, they have a lot of great resources for people that go to Disney World. Uh, and also, uh, Disney World um, or DisneyGo.com, you know, a great place to, to book your reservations and stuff in the Magic Kingdom. Um, I guess the last thing I could say is definitely get there early. So if you're flying in uh, to Orlando, try, you know, in the morning... You know, definitely be there by 11. Or if you're just coming from your resort and you've been there a couple days, make sure you're there at 8 because that's when the doors open. Try to get to those big rides first um, and get that stuff, you know, kind of out of your way. And then either go back to the rides and ride them again, you know, if you've done everything that you need to do later in the day. Or just take your time with getting to the one ride you want to get to and then enjoy the rest of your day, you know. But definitely get there in the morning, in the morning, and stay late. Stay late. if you can. Even if you have to leave, go take a nap and come back for the fireworks. You got to see them. I don't care how many times. Every time that I'm in the Magic Kingdom, I got to see the fireworks at the end of the night. So it's awesome. Uh, I don't even want to explain it. There's just music and effects on the castle and fireworks that are just amazing. Um, you can see it for yourself on YouTube if you really want to. But it is worth every second of the wait to stay there. Uh, you know, 10, 10 o'clock or so, 9, 10 o'clock. I'm not sure what they're doing during COVID time. Um, they might not even be doing the fireworks because, you know, people gather. But um, we'll see. You know, it's that's a great way to end your night and your stay at Magic Kingdom. So, I'm sure somebody has something to say. If you didn't like any of my takes, <laughs> you know, you can uh, find us on Twitter at the LB Pod and tell me what's up uh, and how, what I can do better, maybe, or what you did and didn't like. I'd love to hear it. Um, but that's basically the lowdown of the Magic Kingdom, the best place on Earth. Uh, and we will catch you next week. Be sure you vote. Be sure to vote on what you would like to see uh, for the next Pixie Dust, Pixie Dust episode next Friday. And we'll see you then.